Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses various risk management categories, such as vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the period from October 6th to October 12th, 2014. October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and multiple organizations are conducting special events and activities. Additional information is available at the National Cybersecurity Alliance StaySafeOnline.org website, the United States Department of Homeland Security website, and by following the NCSAM hashtag on social media. Vulnerability activity for the period decreased. Highlights for the period included the Cisco ASA Security Advisory, multiple vulnerabilities in Bugzilla, and a large Google Chrome update correcting a reported 159 vulnerabilities. Cisco released a security advisory for multiple vulnerabilities in Cisco ASA software, addressing 13 vulnerabilities. Bugzilla reported three vulnerabilities. The most significant is a cross-site scripting vulnerability that could allow unauthorized access to bug listings, disclosing the details of vulnerabilities that are being reviewed but have not yet been released publicly. Google Chrome released update version 38, correcting a reported 159 vulnerabilities. However, 131 of the vulnerabilities are low severity. Google also reportedly paid $75,000 through its bug bounty program for the vulnerabilities included in this update. IBM released multiple updates for Business Process Manager, Maximo Asset Management, Tivoli, WebSphere Application Server, and MQ Telemetry. Multiple vendors continue to release updates for the GNU Bash vulnerabilities. The Cisco Product Security Incident Response Team continues to update the Cisco Event Response GNU Bash Environment Variable Command Injection Vulnerability to include the latest Cisco products and multi-vendor updates. In Malware and Exploit Kit Activity, researchers released updated reports on attacks exploiting the GNU Bash Shellshock vulnerability to install the Katen malware and join systems to a distributed denial-of-service botnet and the Tyopkin malware used to exploit ATM machines. Additional reports focusing on financial sector attacks include reports on the Sednet criminal groups attacks on U.S. and EU financial institutions, and using the QBot malware used to sniff financial information. Apple has released an update for XProtect for an ongoing attack targeting those systems, and Cisco researchers released a Cisco security blog post on the evolution of nuclear exploit kit. Arbor Networks released its Q3 2014 DDoS report, highlighting the use of the SSDP service as the latest of the common network services to be targeted and used in these attacks. Microsoft released its advanced notification for the October security bulletins. Microsoft reported it would release nine bulletins, of which three are rated critical and five are rated important. IntelliShield published 128 events last week, that included 72 new events and 56 updated events. In the Attacks and Compromises Risk Management category, the continuing J.P. Morgan Chase investigation has now reported that additional financial institutions may have been included in the attacks. 
Media reports have named multiple additional institutions and companies that have reportedly identified and detected the same threats used in the JPMC compromise, but to date do not believe they were compromised by the attacks. The JPMC investigation reported that attackers were able to gain only personal information, but did not gain access to financial or account information. The latest media reports noted that these attacks on the critical infrastructure financial sector gained the attention of the White House, and President Obama and National Security Advisors were briefed on the investigation. As the investigation continues, the primary threat now appears to be the use of the compromised personal customer information in phishing and spam attacks to compromise their systems and accounts. Along with the NCSAM theme this month, all users should be reminded, financial targeting remains a focus for criminal groups. Any financial email should be immediately suspect and handled with extreme care. The second point from this investigation is that it appears to be a good news story. These multiple financials were likely sharing information with each other, and despite the JPMC breach and compromise, the others were able to detect, identify, and block the attempted attacks. For organizations, the rapid sharing of threat information, where the financial sector is a demonstrated leader, is critical to the rapid response to attacks and threats. While it may provide limited assistance to the first organization attacked, others in the community can prevent a more widespread attack and compromises, and return information to the original targets to aid them in investigations and mitigations. Next, in the Identity Risk Management category, recent reports by the United States Department of Homeland Security and the EU Privacy Breach Report have highlighted the threat of insiders' unauthorized access to sensitive information, which is being stolen or inadvertently exposed, and then used to target and compromise additional information. These reports, along with the other recent insider investigations, focus on the need for controlled access to even trusted users to prevent the criminal or unintentional exposure and compromise of customer and user information. While organizations focus primarily on the external threats, both of these studies suggest that the insider errors, inadvertent exposure, and criminal activity account for a large portion of the data compromises. These types of exposures require organizations to focus inward, fortunately, over the assets they control and can monitor. As breaches continue to compromise organizations, detecting these internal threats and risks can be identified with similar systems and methods. Organizations can include identification of insider unauthorized behaviors, which may include a different set of indicators than those normally associated with malicious or criminal attacks. Nonetheless, these reports show that these insider activities account for a large percentage of the compromises, and due to being within an organization's range of control, can be more effectively addressed. Finally, in geopolitical news, as November midterm elections approach in the United States, prospects for passage of comprehensive cybersecurity legislation this year are growing dim. Admitting that passage prior to elections was unlikely, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Rogers and Senate Intelligence Committee member Saxby Chambliss urged lawmakers to push the bill through during the lame duck session that follows elections, according to a Bloomberg report. Meanwhile, a top official at the Department of Homeland Security warned that continued delays were making it difficult for the DHS to recruit and retain talented young cybersecurity professionals. While major cybersecurity legislation has hit roadblocks in the United States Congress, incremental progress is being made in some areas of consensus. Discrete provisions in the Department of Defense authorization bills have been approved in recent years, 
including increased funding for new hires and insider threat reporting requirements. In addition, the President's 2013 Executive Order on Cybersecurity has enabled the National Institute of Standards and Technology to develop a cybersecurity framework based on voluntary, internationally recognized standards. At this point, stakeholders in the government and private sector may want to monitor the effectiveness of the process before making another run at a major cybersecurity bill. The Rockefeller Thune Bill introduced this year is a good example of an effort to support NIST's efforts while ensuring that appropriate limits on its authority are in place. Before Congress again attempts to develop broad legislation addressing protection of critical systems, it should first address information sharing legislation, says Eric Wenger of Cisco's Global Government Affairs. This, in turn, will require legislators to revisit the scope of government surveillance authority in order to repair some of the damage done to trust in IT products and services developed by U.S. headquartered companies. New rules of the road to guide government interactions with providers of global communication networks and information may be in order. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com go SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening and stay safe.